Hi everyone, I'm Jennifer, the host of Ikigai with Jennifer Shinkai, where we're going to talk about the Japanese concept of Ikigai or living a life of purpose. Here you're going to hear inspirational stories from all different types of people who are finding their own life of purpose. You're going to hear about how they found their Ikigai and what they do every day to live an integrated life. So without further ado, let's dive right in. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome to the Ikigai with Jennifer Shinkai Season 2 Kickoff Podcast. Woo! So, so excited to be here, and you'll notice a change in the format. Not one, not two, but three amazing guests, all who are members of Make March Matter. You might have heard about Make March Matter in uh, previous episodes, or if you're following me on social media, but it was uh, my <laughs> desperate, desperate, uh, what can I do in the shower? All my work has been cancelled. I feel so alone. Um, but COVID will only last for one month idea of making a small Facebook group. A couple of people come together. We'll um, have a couple of meetings and uh, yeah, we'll support each other through this difficult time. So that was February 28th, uh, 2020. And now it is today we're recording on February 24th. Yes, we are February 24th, 2022. So my predictions were completely wrong. And Make March Matter actually is still going strong, as is COVID. It's very over exceeding our expectations. And uh, we have over 400 members, of which three are here today. And you might say, well, what's this got to do with Ikigai? This is not a Facebook group with Jennifer Shinkai. But the reason that I want to talk about community and the importance of connection is based on three of the ideas of the Ikigai Nine. And I'm going to refer to my notes so I can read them correctly, which are, I feel like I'm contributing to someone or society. I think my existence is needed by something or someone. And I believe that I have some impact on someone. And through many of the conversations that we have in our regular meetings in Make March Matter, that idea of impact and contribution and existence connecting um, has really come up strongly about what people think about. So that's what Make March Matter is. And that's why we're talking about today. But I just want to introduce briefly each of our distinguished guests. Um, And they all have such amazing profiles, which you can see in the show notes. I'm not going to go into that so much, but more explain why I invited them to represent the community today and you know what they mean to me as members of the community. So I will start with one of our founding members is Catherine O'Connell. So Catherine O'Connell, many of you may know her, she's award-winning podcaster, uh, lawyer extraordinaire, and I believe the first foreign woman to set up your own law firm in Japan, is this correct? In Tokyo, yes. In Tokyo. Okay. Yeah, that's right, Jen. Right. And um, Catherine, the reason that I asked her was as a founding member, who's also kind of like graduated from the community. Mm-hmm. So I'm very interested to talk about that is one of the things with when we talk about Ikigai, that it doesn't need to be there forever. And some parts of our Ikigai serve a purpose at a specific time. And then actually, it's not as important to be there every day. 
But Catherine also played a great role in as a guest speaker, as well as sort of helping people with eldership. And she's just always so calm and uh, made people want to get up and put makeup on in the morning and like get dressed up. There was a phrase at one point saying, I'm going to do a Catherine O'Connell. Um, <laughs> people would be like, make some effort, uh, which was one of the things like icky guy getting out of bed in the morning. So that's why I invited Catherine. So welcome. Thank we'll you. Come to you for your uh, comments in a moment. Then let's go to Mary, who I believe also founding member, right? Yes, very early. And Mary's very interesting background. So many of the people in Make March Matter, small businesses who were impacted by Corona cancellations, that type of thing, or maybe some people who were just starting up their business. But Mary uh, works for a technology company, it's a consulting company, a big evil company. Uh, sometimes we, we joke about very, very different. And yet she consistently shows up for this, you know, ragbag group of entrepreneurs. Um, so what is it about this community that uh, entices her, makes her interested? And I really think it's so valuable to have lots of different perspectives in the room. And um, I've loved when Mary has come in and, you know, really talked to people about this is how you can apply big company mentality to your sales process, to your approaches, as well as always showing up like really authentically and vulnerably. So I'm so honored to have Mary with us today and part of the community. And last but not least is Eric, our man in Kobe. So not Tokyo-based, which is one really important thing. Sometimes it's not easy to access um, community depending on where you are. And I think actually Corona has been great for allowing us to um, get into different, different groups that we, uh, we couldn't before. And Eric, you kind of joined sort of, well, I don't want to say in the middle, but um, a bit later on. And uh, it's really interesting. I think we're going to hear about your story a bit more about why it was the right timing for you. What I love about Eric is every time he's like, yeah, things are going well things are going good but not in a like false positivity way just this sort of calm going on in the background showing up whilst we know that he's you know father of four kids amazing things going on with the number of people that he's recruiting for certain projects that he's going like handling all of these things and just consistently showing up uh being there for us and i'll i'll name the elephant in the room we are a women heavy group and Eric is always so comfortable and himself as uh, one of our few male members who regularly shows up with Phil. <laughs> so it's really great, again, about that, that diversity and connection that what is it that makes it feel like a space that's comfortable to be in? And maybe what could like more men do about connecting with community? There's something many people say, like, it's easier for women to do that. So is that true or not? <sighs> So many questions, many topics. I don't know how I'm going to manage this many brilliant people's ideas and so on, but let's get into it. So I want to hear about for you, what Make March Matter means to you. So let's uh, let's kick off with Catherine and then you can Thanks. pass the baton. Thanks so much, Jen. And it's just a wonderful opportunity to be here and reflect uh, as you said, I have graduated, but when I joined, you know, I'm a solopreneur, as you outlined, when COVID-19 hit, I just didn't really know how long it was going to last, just like you. And I'd always had FaceTime with my clients. And then suddenly it wasn't happening. I wasn't going into offices, which I usually did. And so I was looking for something and you came up with this idea and it was a godsend for me. It really was because 
I could center myself in the week, at least on Mondays and Fridays, I knew I was going to join this group, get some camaraderie, um, learn some things, have some friends and some familiar faces on the screen and some new people. So I sort of had my end of the week and my beginning of the week bookended. Mm. And that really meant a lot for me because it gave me stability. I'm a more regimented person. And so I needed something to hook into. And that was what MMM gave me at the beginning. And then you invited me to do a presentation on contracts, uh, which is right up my alley. So it gave me a technical way of also expressing uh, some help and uh, giving something to the group in that way. So that was one thing, at least um, to start off with. There's plenty more, but I'll, I'll pause there because that was uh, one of the big things that really allowed me to come and join the group. Wonderful. Well, in the time on a tradition of our MMM meetings, Catherine, you can choose the next person <laughs> to Ooh, share. I'd actually love to hear from Eric. Yeah. So what does MMM mean? Well, you use the word community. And for me, that's the key element. One that I felt with COVID and yeah, my location and also being new as a business owner, I didn't have you know, people to talk to. I had people who worked for me, you know, subordinates, I had bosses, I had coworkers, and I had friends on a very personal side, but I didn't really have a professional mm. network of people that I could talk to, like peers that were going through some of the same issues that I was going through. So then this, you know, wow, this, what's this make March matters thing? And uh, <laughs> why is it happening in July? <laughs> yeah, it was well beyond that, that timing. But I was a little intimidated at first, you know, when I first saw, oh, what's this, this group? And, you know, I was really kind of struggling to set up a business. And I thought, oh, I'm going to be a downer. You know, I'm just going, you know, I'm a little nervous and I'm stressed about finding work. And, you know, my image was that this was a group of, uh, what's to say? sort of cheerleaders and I just I don't know I felt like oh, I'm not quite ready for that group and then finally I stepped up and said okay let's give it a try and I realized oh no this is a very welcoming group and cheerleaders and advisors and everybody you would want were there and I guess that's still what keeps me coming as it's just a great group of people. Wonderful. I want to get back into that, like not feeling ready so we'll hold that point for a minute but I want to go to Mary um, about, you know, why MMM, what it meant for you as well. Sure. Um, so I like, again, I like to joke how I work at a big evil company because there's so many solopreneurs and entrepreneurs. And I used to work at a small company as well. And I was head of the Tokyo office of five people. So it was one of those, I understand the moments where it is a tremendous effort. It's really um, a lot of work to own your own business and strive for your own business. And so working at a large organization, what I worked a couple of times virtually, like, okay, you have something in the morning, uh, I won't be in the office for the afternoon, or I'm on a business trip. So I worked a couple of times online, but then it was the first time when everything locked down, and you were not allowed to go to the office, you were suddenly switched on to everything being online, like everything by email, everything by chat. And I really needed support and I really needed to know how everybody was doing it. Do I check in so often or is that micromanaging? All these kind of like concerns. And 
of course you can talk about it at work, but then um, make March Matter really helped me to move together. And because some of the concerns that I had wasn't necessarily because I was working in a large organization, it was basically everybody experiencing the same thing. So for me, it was, first of all, a very supportive community that I was able to figure out things, as well as also get inspired and also inspiration about like moving on with um, your own business and also working for structuring your life and building your life that you want. So it really, really was a, it's a great art community for me. Right. And for those who are, you are just listening, like Mary's face is is lighting up with such a beautiful smile as she shares this. It makes me feel all warm and tingly. I'm feeling my ikigai right now. I'm definitely like glad that I did this and we stuck together for these two years. But yeah, I want to come back to um, Eric's point about this. How do we feel this like readiness to make something happen? How do we step in? What was the moment when you went, OK, today's the day I'm going to show up? You know what? I think it might have been Mari giving a talk about project management. And I think, you know, there was something that caught my eye on a professional level. Like, oh, that looks like an interesting talk. You know, I could learn something. And I, I joined that. It was really informative. It was really fun. And, you know, then from that, I got a sense of what the group was about. You know, it was mm. a little different than I thought. And I realized, okay, this, wow, this is a group of professionals. But it was also very fun and light and you know conversational and I thought oh this is really nice you know this is a yes it's a community I, I'd love to be a member of so I started coming I think I came to a Monday or a Friday meeting and then really it was pretty quick to go oh this is this is nice how about for anyone else not just in Make Marsh Matter but communities that you've joined and you've gone like okay this is what I need right now mm. how have you made those those steps in for Catherine or for Mary yeah, I'm just remembering when Eric joined and how wonderful it was. And you were such a breath of fresh air. And I loved you joining. You probably don't even remember that. But I was like, yes, I wanted a guy like this in the group who could just bring a different perspective, you know, and just be fresh and new and someone that I hadn't met before. And I really was impressed and, and loved your connection and, and the giving that you did in the group. And so I think, Jen, community and contribution. I mean, I know as the lawyer that my skills are needed all over the place, right? I know that it's a technical skill thing, but I didn't know that it was the eldership side of things. This mm. uh, senior in the community who's been around for a while, who's been a business owner for a while, who's been a person for a while, that I could, <laughs> you know, bring this side of it out uh, and help people. I didn't even know that existed within me. I just mm. considered myself as a technical contributor and I can help people with their contracts or what they need to tidy up or fix. But I didn't realize it was also giving of myself as an elder and being a person who could listen, who mm. could help others just unload. And mm. so a lot of the things that I did wasn't about getting something or charging for something. It was about just being there. So a lot of that through the group faded away and it became more important for me to be helping through um, giving to the community by being a presence mm. and being a, a calm presence in the what was an, a massive storm. Um, people talked about people being all in the same boat. In fact, everybody's boat was a different size in this that's massive right. storm of COVID. So that's another thing that I never realized, um, but that came and has been helping me towards my ikigai as well being there as a uh, more of a soft skill or a, a sort of emotional support for others too. And indeed for myself in the end as well through that. 
Yeah, I, I love that because, you know, sometimes when uh, we look at like the Western interpretation of Ikigai with the, the Venn diagram and um, that that question, which is uh, a bugbear for many kind of Ikigai purists, the uh, what can you be paid for? It's really like, you know, we need to survive. We need to pay our rent and to and to thrive as well. We don't just need to survive. But it's it's really interesting that you said very specifically that that element was not as important and actually just by your years on the planet, you have an impact on someone just by showing up, but as well for someone who has fewer years on the planet, just by showing up, you know, they have an impact in the system that you're in. You have an impact in the community and that everybody's perspective, everybody's uh, view on the, on the different topic, whatever coming up is equally as valid and equally as important. And you, you influence the system just by being part of it. That's awesome. Yeah, and I think, yeah, I think the point was that because I was using my technical lawyer skills, I was still being paid. I will, was still having business. So I had that calmness carrying on. And therefore, I was able to more draw out the other aspects of my life, right? My other aspects in a self that I could help others with. So I had that rooted advantage, I guess, in a tree, a strong tree, I could help the other people provide nutrition on the branches right. of that tree to others. So that's the important point, right? I did have my stability in my continuum. Yeah, you've got the Maslow's hierarchy of needs basic point covered. Correct. But actually, in the yeah. COVID time, there were many people who were really seeing that like attacked. So if you're in a higher level on the hierarchy of needs what can you do to kind of pull pull people up I think that's yes, brilliant. yeah exactly. and, and also from like an ikigai perspective how actually how good that makes you feel to be able to do that certainly did yeah i can't remember what my question was but i i want to hear from uh from mary a little bit because you also um had big changes because you changed companies during that time as well right Yes, um, exactly. And I want to build on the conversation that we're just, we were just Oh, having. go for that then. Yeah. Because it's both, I think. Um, obviously, I also am probably similar to Catherine, where I had my job, I had a big company that I'm working for. Obviously, things were changing, so rough and rough, a rumbly. But then, on the other hand, what I found interesting is that because normally I would go for communities that are in a similar position. So I would go for, for example, uh, the one of the Chamber of Commerce, where everybody's working at a company and they're just joining because they're from a certain country or or a certain purpose so oh we're going to do volunteering or are we getting together because of a film festival or something like that but on the other hand make march matter was a place where for me it was really about showing up and of course planning out your week and wrapping up on your week having accountability buddies and you know um, claiming to everybody that you're going to do a whole pitch and actually reporting back on Friday how the pitch was going. For me, it was really a great community to really be showing up and really figuring out how to do things. And even though you fail or you say that, oh, I was aiming for five things that I wanted to do this week, only got one sort of halfly done. <laughs> and I'm just going to defer every four things so for next week. Um, that was okay. And as long as you were able to say to yourself as well, and um, there's nobody that's going to judge you. It's just about a community that you really needed to show up and you really needed to work together was really for me what I was looking for. And for me, actually, the first time that I'm joining this kind of community, but for me, at that perspective, I learned a lot as well. And also not only learning, but then 
also for me, it was a great perspective to gain because again, normally when I'm joining something, I would always be, think because, oh, this is a purpose that I want to join, or this is something that I want to be in. And obviously, like you just touched, I changed companies and which I would probably have not done unless I had this whole community who knows about all the interviews that I had, <laughs> I was feeling um, the ups and downs, waiting for the results, and also sharing about those kind of feelings and that journey. For me, it's a very valuable community now. I'm I, and also now I have a new friend in Eric and, 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 and uh, in Kobe. So last time when I was on a business trip, I actually was able to meet up with Eric as well, which was really right. fantastic. That's awesome. I love that, that we're creating these um, in real life connections to, of course, online life is, is still real life. I got really triggered by that phrase, like, we're still really here. Stop saying it's only real if we're face to face. No, it's definitely real. Like the tears and the laughter that we've had in those meetings. They, I really felt them at the time. Um, but yeah, I remember I, I did get quite a lot of the beginning. A lot of people said like, oh, you need to monetize this. It reminded me, I haven't had anyone say that for ages. Mm. And I remember at the beginning, I was very much so like, um, if you would like to make a contribution to uh, help me because I don't have any work right now and it was really uncomfortable to do it and it was like a massive um, vulnerability but I also didn't want to build in like a formal structure to monetize the membership and I think because of what it was born from that it was born from a kind of struggle and pain and difficult times that it just didn't feel just doesn't feel right to, to, to shift it in that way. So it was another of those things that the contribution and, and the impact, it's actually, you know, I'm just thinking about, you know, these ikigai phrases. I feel I'm contributing to someone in society. My existence is needed. But actually, I feel it kind of more the other way around, like how much the community gave to me. But it definitely, definitely helped me to get out of bed a lot, in, especially in 2020. Like I feel it's shifted now. Like the focus of the group has shifted. But I like what um, Eric said before it, about like the, the essence or the energy of Make March Matter doesn't feel like toxic positivity and everything's okay all the time, but it also doesn't sit in the struggle all the time. And uh, yeah, I'd just like to get kind of your thoughts on that. When you think about the communities that you build or the communities you want to be in, what are some of the elements that people can look for or can intentionally create uh, to make a kind of magic that holds it together. What I liked was the essence of accountability. Like not, it wasn't tough accountability, you know, it wasn't a deadline and it wasn't uh, a quota that I had to reach. But, you know, if I go to a Monday meeting and I say, well, you know, tomorrow I'm putting together a proposal and I'm gonna have a Zoom meeting with a potential client, you know, by front, you know, if I get it, it's actually part of my, oh, I, on Friday, I could tell everybody, <laughs> you know, the success story or whatever, the, the, the update on Friday or Monday or whenever that case may be the next time we meet, that just became part of my, the process, you know, the part of the enjoyment was also, you know, not only telling my wife, hey, I got a, whatever, I, you know, I got a hit, I got a nice contract, uh, but coming into the meeting and saying, hey, you know, it, it went well, yeah. or, or it didn't go well, you know, equally you know to be able mm. to just sh have somebody to share that with i remember yeah. years ago i used to be a waiter in a restaurant and when you're working you know you're focusing on your work and then the end of shift 
you know, you crack open a beer, you count your money, you figure out what your tips are, and you start, you have kind of a, a bitching session about, you know, table 14, <laughs> where the, the, I, they were terrible. And I feel our meetings are kind of like that atmosphere, you know, it's kind of a, especially the Fridays, it's kind of a, okay, I can clear out the week and give me a chance to reflect on what happened and where I want to go next week. That was amazing, you know, yeah. to, that, to find that essence. I love what you say about that as well, because what's interesting is, you know, we set those those intentions on the Monday morning and then we share it on the Friday. But actually, like nobody really cares if you achieved it or not. But there's something in that structure that makes you want to be able to go back and report. And I think for especially for solopreneurs, because you don't have a reporting line, you don't have a boss only have clients like having that extra level and also having those people who can say good job you know good job Eric well done and everybody would cheer that you got your new contract right it's so lovely or like oh it fell through and everyone's like oh no that sucks man really supportive in that way and really generative of uh, of new ideas like how you might approach it as well Correct. yeah I see an answer is brewing in Catherine O'Connell. She's like, <laughs> well, I'm just <laughs> repeating again, but absolutely those bookends of the week, right? The Monday opening up, getting up, being at the screen at 8.30, sharing what you wanted to do for the week. And Friday, you could close off at five. You know, you could finish your work, report back to everybody. And I put report back in inverted commas, right? Explain what you had done. But the other reveal was that there were, t- there were weeks where I would have something in my plan and I didn't do it. I thought, what's going on? But that was great information for me as well to know I'm saying I want to do this. I'm mm. not doing it. What is that? Why is that? And letting go of things. So MMM also helped me to identify places where I didn't need to uh, invest my time and I could go on and do other things. So the things I thought I needed to do and shouting it out to everybody, right? When you exclaim it, you, you're going to do it. And then you don't. Why is that? So it was mm. great feedback for myself to know there were certain things that nah don't need to do that go and do something else so that was also something that really loved about mmm as well awesome cool how about for you mary Um, community sure but then i really like um going back to some of your comments jennifer i really like two things about mmm because we always pause before our meetings and for me that really helps because as a very uh, emotionally explicit person, if something just happened right before in that meeting, it really does carry over in my case. But then especially with MMM, you do have that three minutes to pause. And for me, that really gives me a time for not to spill over everything and say like, oh, listen to just what happened this previous meeting or this week, it was horrible, or it was like I was in the highs or whatever. It, it really helped me to, okay, focus, here's a group of people I want to be respectful and then of course and then start sharing so for me that was really a great way and also for a lot of the tips that I learned for example the self-compression break or also even like listening to other people's um, guest speaking sessions and watching some of the replays and learning some like learning and also really keeping up with some of the technical skills, it really helped me. And then also I wanted to touch a little bit on the, especially the monetization discussion, because I think it was interesting to see through also this community as well. Starting of COVID, everybody also, my Pilates teacher, uh, some random people on Facebook or Instagram, 
everybody was doing so much on Instagram and live sessions and so many free things that was going on. And then suddenly really seemed like it came to the shift where everybody was like, oh, we need to do membership. We need to monetize. We need to make sure that this is not something that we're just doing for free. And then it also came to the point where, oh, we're going to open up again. So we need to make sure that we have that transition smoothly again so we don't close off things. And so for me, it was um, also I was joking about like the squid game or <laughs> all these kind of like clubhouse and all these new things that was coming along. Where what I- happened to clubhouse? <laughs> Still going, right? It was like obsessive at one point. Exactly. Like everybody was talking about how to get in and invitations. And for me, it was like, if I was in the office, I would probably hear about it. But then because I'm closed off and I'm working from home alone, I really, if it wasn't for this committee, I was probably miles away from it. And obviously not only these kind of clubhouse and the Instagram lives, but then also as a whole society or the community, how it's like moving or shifting along with some of the interests or some of the hypes or some of the also probably fueled by a little bit of news and anxiety in general about when like what's what what should we do how should we move along with some of these activities that we're trying to do and so it was for me an interesting point to see like how those these kind of topics integrate into our lives as well Mm, yeah yeah I think the the shifts that all these shifts that we're we're going through, and as you you talked about in the uh, the pre kind of questionnaire, you talked about like surviving in a VUCA world and having having something which is solid, something which is shows up um, is there. And I love that you talked about the pause because yeah, we start every meeting, we close our eyes, go off camera, and uh, listen to a piece of music, and we do that consistently just to have those transitions because when we're working from home, especially um, we're coming back to back meetings. And that's something that's from my points of view practice. And I'm, I'm so glad that we continue to do it. And um, yeah, when I'm not facilitating and someone else is facilitating, like people run the pause as well. It's, and it's kind of brings me to maybe that it's just the, the people have talked so much about structure and I think it's the structure and the power of ritual. And once once people come to a meeting and they see that we do it the same every time, actually like the barrier to entry is, is, is pretty low because once you know, it's just that first step starting small, just turn up once and, and don't bother if, if it doesn't, if it doesn't suit, don't, don't, don't worry about it. So, but that brings me to a question, which I wanted to ask Catherine O'Connell, because you did talk about like letting go of things. And one of the things that you so quietly have uh, deprioritized I'm only playing playing a game with you but you know as like when was the point for you when you're like I don't need it as much now like you're still sort of there and I think you're lurking around and every now and then you comment but it's not like there was a point when it was like really really central to the week and now not so much so what's that tell me about that process because I think Mm -hmm. and I'll just to, to, to kind of cushion this or to put it into context I think when people feel this pull to something else there's sort of a fear of missing out or a like oh I can't I can't like jettison this right now and like wanting to hold on um so yeah like what what's that process like and what advice can you give if someone's like I don't want to be in this group anymore Mm, it was hard to pull away from the group and I did definitely have the FOMO um but I also talked to you about it when I was leaving because it was very Mm. important for me to do that 
right or correctly yeah. or politely mm. or not politely professionally to you because the group I considered it not as a a social rah 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 kind of group but more it was professional you had set it up you'd set the boundaries we were all committed to each other so I was pulling away from that commitment I think at times because um, in with March last year March last year being March 2021 when I mm. started to draw away so it's around 11 months ago and that was when I was starting to set up my podcast. Oh. And I'm not blaming the podcast. What I'm saying thanking is... Thanking the podcast. I'm thanking... Indeed, I'm thanking the podcast because it allowed me to expand into that and put my energies into that. And the podcast came about from the experience of having um, confidence and being in a community such as MMM thought I could do this myself I can do something that helps other people in the world and so it was through the strength of the MMM group and the feedback and the confidence that I got uh, that also led me to winning some awards in 2021 that I thought well maybe this is sort of where I'm going to and it's time for me to do my little thing which has turned into quite a big thing now with <laughs> two seasons and 20 guests but that was it I think it was that shift to it's your time, girl. It's time for you to go and do something now. Uh, and so that's what happened for me. And that was the reason really why I think I moved from MMM into doing my own uh, creation, my own community, my own drawing out voices, bringing people in and expanding. So you helped me sort of blossom in that way to my new season. Um, and that was, that was really the strength came from MMM and the community that you created, Jen. Wonderful. I love, yeah, you know, to leave with grace is a really important sort of takeaway. And as well as just acknowledging like different different stages of your life, you need different things. And, and that's one of my bugbears with the Ikigai Venn diagram that it's like, it has to be this one thing right in the middle and it's just kind of sitting there. But actually, I think having multiple sources of the feeling of Ikigai and, you know, accepting that as you become more aware of different things, it's going to shift as you, your business grows or your life changes, you know, all of those different things that it doesn't have to still stay in that point. And actually many things, you know, you can return to them or your need for them shifts as well. So I think that's really. Such a big realization, that point, because you think it's going to go away, that you're going to miss those people. You're never going to see them again. Yet here we are. We're on this podcast with you today. We're also very much more connected than we ever were. Um, we've been together throughout last year, this year, getting together as we can in person, having events, are connecting, as you said, continuing to connect in the group. I've joined a few sessions during the year where they've been speakers. So it has, it's never a hundred or zero, mm. right? And that's the thinking that I think Ikigai and the explanation you've just given gives us that it's not always focused in that one area. It can be different and still be okay. And yeah. I think that was a realization that came through from um, moving away, but still being tethered in a, to a certain extent to, to the great team here. Yeah, and I think that's um, really important to just give give yourself that space. And actually, um, I think it was Jane who is uh, is listening in. <laughs> Jane Nakata, podcast manager uh, extraordinaire, was talking about a podcast that she'd listened to, uh, where they were saying, you know, expecting your business to give you everything, expecting your business to give you like all sources of your your finance, obviously, but also your community, your connection, friendship, uh, creativity. 
And so I think expecting any one thing in your life, whether it's a community that you're involved with, you know, your tennis club or whatever, to do that one thing is kind of too much pressure on it. So having that diversity of experiences is really there. I want to jump to Eric because Eric has a a brilliant question that he now asks himself. And I really want to raise this. So tell us, tell us, Eric, your new mantra. Well, you know, reflecting about my involvement with the group for this podcast. Yeah, I remembered a experience that, yeah. So the question is, what would MMM do? And it's like a little, Jesus. just a little, a little, like a, a little devil or angel or both <laughs> on my shoulder as I go through decision making. And that, that happened from a real thing. You know, at that time, last year or so, I was attending a lot of the meetings. I think it was more regularly on Monday and Friday. Just to go back to what Catherine was saying. Yeah, I've never felt like really I have to join meetings. It's a nice thing when I come and go. I've had times where I haven't shown up for a few weeks or I think even a month may have gone by. Uh, and then I may show up more regularly. At that time, I was more regular, and I remember I was referring back to so, you know one of my business partners I was working for, and it was not going so well. But uh, if anybody else has started their own business, you know you kind of just say just say yes to everything. So I was doing the work, and I wasn't particularly enjoying it, and uh, wanted to quit. Basically, decided mm-hmm. you know I really want to quit, but I need the money. What should I do? Hmm you know, weighing the pros and cons, thinking about, oh, what's my wife going to say? I got to feed the kids. We got, you know, all these obligations. And then it was sort of like, what would MMM do? You know, what would, you know, what would, what would Marty say? What would Catherine say? What would Jennifer say? What would all, you know, if I report in the meeting, I quit, you know, what questions are they going to have or what, how much, what story am I going to tell about that? What's the story? And that was really important for me, you know, and and I did. I mean, that's that's exactly what happened. I think I said, you know, I'm really considering this. And there was, you know, everybody at MMM are great cheerleaders. You know, they're really going to come out and say, go for it. You can do it. And I knew that. And I took that with a grain of salt as well. I know people are don't not deeply invested in my decision. But <laughs> that helped me, you know, to have that thought process was really helpful. And everyone was right. That was the cool thing, you know. <laughs> Yes. I would say go for it and you're going to replace that work with something else really soon. And actually, it's exactly what happened. So and uh, and I've continued to have that thought process, you know, so what would MMM do? I think everyone should have an MMM in their life, you know, just one more little voice there. Yeah, like a, a different board of advisors. Mary, what have been some of the uh, the impacts for you of the what would MMM do? Definitely. I would totally agree with Eric about like the another voice or another idea. And especially for me, it's it's very important that obviously like MMM are real people. So I could specifically imagine, okay, Catherine as a lawyer extranor, as she's and okay, what would her advice be? Or Eric, I, I don't have four kids. So obviously, if I had more responsibility, I, if I really had a, a more um, focus on my life, what would I do? Um, that kind of specific for me, um, ideas or personas are really important. So that would definitely help me. And also going back, you were mentioning a little bit about VUCA and volatile. And you just explained VUCA for people who might not know. 
Oh, like so VUCA stands um V U C A it stands for wait, hang on a second. I <laughs> sorry, I put you on the spot there. <laughs> yeah, it's always that I always feel like I can say it off my head and I'm like, wait, I missed some things. Yes, yeah, so, uh, wait. Volatility. Uncertainty. Uh what was the C? One second. Complexity? Yes, complexity and can anyone remember the A? Sorry. Oh, the okay. A. Ambiguity, sorry. Ambiguity, yes, there we go. Yes. <laughs> it's a good quiz. I'm glad we checked. <laughs> and I think for me, especially pre-pandemic, because I used to work, I work, still work at a very, fairly large company and the life that I have is quite stable in a sense. So I would have obviously things happening throughout my life, but in, in a sense, um, if I'm asked, what do you do? What's your job? I would say I work at a technical company. I would work at a consulting company. This is some of the consulting projects that I do. This is some of the things that I try to uh, trying to attack these days. And on the other hand, uh, thinking about okay, how in general am I growing, or how things are changing? As Catherine was saying, there is always for me a lot of FOMO. So obviously, I want to stick with my company because I don't want to miss out what's happening within the company or what's what kind of changes are happening as the technical society or the consulting world. But on the other hand, to be in a position in a group where everybody is changing already um, and tackling this whole pandemic or for example, Catherine tackling a new podcast and going on a new venture and feeling confident with yourself. I think like seeing that and being in a society and a community that everybody is already changing is for me very helpful in the sense that, okay, how, what do I want to do? How am I going to change? And on the other hand, also having things monthly saying like, for example, this month is financial February and being reminded, oh, I do need to do my taxes as well. So um, (laughs) there are like having that balance of stability as well as just being in a society where everybody already has that change. Everybody is trying to adopt or adjust or, bringing new changes by themselves is really a, a stimulation as well as uh, good insights for me as well um, to think about what I'm going to do next. So, yeah, you've actually hit on another of the, uh, the Ikigai nine, which is like being interested to learn new things mm-hmm. and like having a rich and fulfilled life as well. So uh, th- those things are definitely kind of showing up through, through what you shared. I wanted to talk a little bit about like joining stuff because I feel like some people might go well that's fine if you're an extrovert and you like kind of being surrounded by people so I asked you all to share like you know do, do you clash are you a because I'm a I am a joiner and I'm a creator of spaces like that's my bag so this setting up make much matter was like an obvious kind of evolution for me to do I've changed how I run communities for sure and learned a lot through to make a community more sustainable, um, which wasn't always, I, I had a very firm grasp of leadership in the past, um, but now I'm much more like, just everyone can organize anything and just go for it and do what you want and start small. If you don't like these timings, then make a meeting when you want to make a meeting, you know, like just just go for it and very much um, ask for forgiveness, not permission in the community. But yeah, like for you, are you are you a joiner? Is this something that you do? Are you an introvert and an extrovert? Like, and I think especially for people who feel like that hesitation 
to either create or to join an existing community, what kind of advice would you have for them as well? Being as how this contribution and connection is so important to a feeling of Ikigai. I open the floor to whoever wants to take that first. I'm pretty extroverted, but I, I don't usually join groups like this. I, I, I mean, the, the fact that this is an online group makes it unique as well. I mean, it's easy mm. to join into a Facebook group or some sort of social media forum or group where you're just texting and or to go to some kind of a conference networking event, which I rarely, rarely ever went to, actually. So this is somewhere in between those two. I mean, I'm a person who did hesitate. I, I was aware of yeah. this group and I was, mm, it's not for me. I don't really have any interesting stories to tell. I think I may, I don't remember now when I first showed up, did I start coming regularly or not? But, you know, I felt, I don't, I think I skipped the Monday ones because I thought I don't have enough going on right now. You know, I'm just <laughs> developing my business. I don't, there's nothing, you know, it's, it's me thinking about what I'm going to be doing, which is part of that ikigai process i guess it was there was a lot of time of me thinking what am i going to do so so i want to go back to that vuca you know i'm not really aware of that but that so describes for me what happened with the pandemic because you know i chose to be a middle manager for the stability you know for 20 odd years uh with the same company basically and because you know for as world events go on i'll be nice and stable and of course that I was one of the first people to get my job. It didn't, I didn't get fired, but it got, you know, greatly diminished mm -hmm. and I was not able to pay my bills. And I had to suddenly think, what's the plan B here? Volatility surprised me. And, you know, one of the first things I did was sit down and go, what can I do? You know, what, what are my abilities and capabilities here? And, you know, I didn't even know the word guy. Actually, I think I heard it the first time in an MMM meeting. And, you know, I think I went through that process as a result of the pandemic itself. Yeah, Sorry. so you you were um, so not a joiner, hesitant. Yeah. But and I think I think you said something that kind of uh, Groucho Marx kind of wouldn't want to be a member of any club that would have me kind of. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's a great quote. Yeah, do I want to join a club that would have me as a member? But, uh, you know, that really helped. And I think it was through that thought process about what are my abilities that I realized there are other people in the MMM in the different phases of that process and maybe have already determined what their abilities are and they're really going for it. And that was inspiring to me, you know, to see that, to see mm. people like, Catherine, I think Catherine, you really inspired me a lot. Like, wow, you know, very professional and really had made this everything, you know, as an entrepreneur, as a business person, as a professional. Uh, it was really impressive, you know, to, as something to aspire to. You know. Oh, thank you so much, Eric. I mean, I still had a lot to aspire to, but I'm really glad that that was an impact, impactful for you and created uh, something that you could maybe look up and look up to. I think that's really makes me feel very warm inside. You know, Jen knows I'm very much a joiner. I join lots of things and contribute. It gives me such energy and a feeling that I, I actually belong and that I can make some contribution. So hearing you say that uh, really reflects back to me in a mirror what my whole purpose is to be contributing. Sometimes I do it too much. I am in too many organizations, so I'm trying to narrow that down in 2022 as one of my goals and put more energy into certain things rather than a lot of spread and energy over many things. Mm. So I'm focusing a little bit differently. I mean, essentially, no one believes me. I am actually an introvert, 
Um, but it's I've worked on it over time since the early days when I was a, a tour guide for Japanese people and had to stand up on a bus and had to hold a microphone and talk to people about New Zealand, uh, where I was at the time, right? I had to do that. And it forced me out of my very shy shyness. Uh, which I've seen reflected in photographs back home. I was just back in New Zealand and saw a whole lot of my school day photographs and thought, oh, that's the shy Catherine there. So I've worked on it and you can work on it. And I say, I think for people who think that they shouldn't be in a group or can't contribute, that everyone has a gift mm. of something that somebody else doesn't have. And you've just shown to me again, Eric, something that I didn't realize was right up the front that really mattered for you to see in a group, right, that you could aspire to. So I think if you're not sure if you're a contributor or should be in a group, but starting really small is a good thing. Showing up, you don't show up on a Monday, show up on a Friday. It's more fun. You can do, you can celebrate and then work on the showing up on a Monday. So I think we can do things like that and, and start from very small space. But what made it easy, Jen, is that you created the atmosphere, you created the group, you're such a good leader and uh, energizer of others that we all knew we we're going to be on the right path. And then to see that change in you as well as you let go and hand it over reins to others to you decide the time, you decide the speaker. That was also a shift I saw in you that really, I think for you to do that to others, they could see, wow, this person who's a real leader is letting me lead. It gave empowerment to others too. So uh, I just wanted to mention that as well. But I think the group was very, very good for us, empowering ourselves and others uh, to do better and go higher. Yeah. Mari, how about you? <laughs> There's so many good things that everybody was saying, and I'm like, oh, wow. Well. <laughs> I am an extrovert, as probably everybody knows, and this is probably throughout my just my career and how I've been. So I lived in Singapore. I've been in Vietnam, uh, Ho Chi Minh as well. I've lived in Minnesota. I've lived in Vienna. And everywhere I go, I would always be joining communities, trying to figure out what which community I like or where I feel connected or if I can find friends or how to know a little bit more about local things going on, etc. So from that experience probably pushed me to be more an extrovert, just joining things and understanding how things work. On the other hand, for good or bad, I've had many, many communities where I've joined and it's just a one-time thing. And so for me to have something constant that I feel connected and join, uh, maybe not every week, but still join in on that is a very important community. Um, and it shows. So uh, for me, and also I think the interesting part, especially for MMM is about, for me, my Ikigai is bringing difference, although it's a very, very vague Ikigai. All the best Ikigais are. <laughs> but it comes because, again, when I'm joining a community, I'm also a connector. So when I'm talking with somebody, I instantly think, oh, I should connect you with another person. Oh, there's another Singaporean that may have the same interest in you. There's an Australian that has the same interest in you. But sometimes the follow through doesn't work well, or sometimes it's a different understanding and things don't happen. And I am not able to bring change. And in that sense, sometimes it puts me in a position as a person where I feel like I failed. And therefore, it makes it harder for me to join, continue to join that community because I feel like, oh, maybe if I'm trying to do something again, I might 
I, I might, it still might fail or still might not be able to do that. What I think is good with MMM is that it's very forgiving as well as a slow moving community as well. So it's not that everybody's trying to achieve something within this month or yeah. the next quarter, et cetera. It's everybody has different goals as well. And that's completely fine. If you want to set up a co-working session on Tuesday, that's also completely fine. And if you're not showing up at the co-working community, that's also, again, fine. It's on, it's the responsibilities definitely is on your individual targets and what you want to do, as well as as a whole community together. Again, on Mondays and Fridays, we can check in. Or even if you can't make it on Mondays or Fridays, you can still communicate by Facebook and this chats. And also we have the Wednesday, what to selling Wednesday. So if you want to start putting out your business on, on the website, you can also do that as well, which I think is just one of the really perks of being in this community. Yeah. And I'm always so grateful that, you know, we have this community full of salespeople in essence. And I really haven't heard any horror, like horror stories of people being spammed or like, you know, this person's really aggressively um, coming to, and I don't, I don't know how we managed to make this, but it's somehow like within the community has, has been built in that people are like not, not doing that aggressive hard sell to each other and are really focusing on that basic idea of yeah like no like and trust and then people are actually reaching out and I know that there were many people in in the group um, because when uh, we were nominated for the British Business Awards people were telling me like this is specific business that I've got through this community but not through like you know, just spamming people and getting them to to draw up so there's collaborations happening um, and it's really grown like massively beyond my wildest dreams of what was possible because always it's really interesting what you said Catherine about like my shift as the leader too you know when COVID started let's be real there was like quite a lot of fear so I was like I have to make this that it's very likely I'll get COVID so how do I make it so it's sustainable because I'd led other groups in the past and when I left they kind of had petered out because I hadn't done like succession planning or thought about what a sustainable community looks like. So I was very intentional right from the beginning to be like, it has to be able to run if I'm not there. And so I was quick to like open doors, let people in, and also to always have, even though I can't always come, to make sure that we to, to, we try not to cancel. I don't think we've ever canceled. I think we've always had someone or we've intentionally had a break, like it was Christmas Eve, so we didn't have a meeting or like, uh, but then sometimes we'll shift it to other days. And I think that that's been um, really integral to its sustainability. If someone is leading a community, like don't make it too much around you. And maybe because we have that structure as well, like anybody can run a meeting, right? Because the structure is set. So it's not like some secret source that only I can sprinkle. I think that really helps. And what was I going to say? There was another point, which was, yes, having just recovered from COVID, but not, I wasn't so ill. It was, it was really good to like test it out and know that actually everything was okay. But it, you know, it didn't, it didn't even become an issue because I wasn't that ill with it. But already we've had those things built like into the DNA of the organization since, since day one. I want to, we're coming towards the end of our time and I know that you're, you're very busy people. So I'm going to ask you um, my favorite question from our dear member, Matthew Dons, which is, what's the question I should have asked you? 
So around anything that you want to talk about, thinking of the listeners of uh, Ikigai with Jennifer Shinkai, this is your chance to give your advice or to, to share anything that you want to. It's a big question. What's the question you wish I had asked you that I haven't covered yet? Mary looks like she has one. because She has a... Well, I think... Um... Uh, like I wrote something different so and I always shared about my ikigai so I think I am going to share about what my leadership style is which for me really got impacted and changed especially throughout this experience with the uh, Make March Matter and also with you Jennifer because and we were talking about your leadership style as well again with my extrovertness and my experience around the world I am definitely an achiever definitely I have a set target and I try to motivate my whole team and say like, okay, we're going to get to go this contract. We're going to do this project. We're going to make sure that the client is going to be happy. Definitely a competitor as well. So that's me. But then on the other hand, especially watching everybody change and also try to work in this uncertainty and also work with the fear, especially in the early days when mm. um, COVID started, was that to um, be, again, also gentle with our leadership styles. And for me, that was a lot of impact for me because as much as I say to everybody how when I'm achieving my ikigai, so making a difference, I try to balance the different cultures where I learned throughout definitely different countries as well. But then whether it's a company culture or whether it's within the division. So obviously salespeople have different ideas when it comes to uh, from the production department. So some of them are conservative, some think more aggressively. Um, And I try to bring, bring the balance and I try to figure out what's the best way to bring the change and realize the change, but it, Make March Matter and Jennifer, definitely yourself um, brought me a new perspective about how to be gentle and how to be, again, aggressive or competitive in a situation. And um, also different styles of motivating people. So like you said about running meetings, the four questions on Friday evening, you can do them by yourselves as well. So for me, sometimes I did miss out on Friday evening because I was just depleted and out of energy and I couldn't Mm. join but still I would sit with myself and ask those four questions what did I what's the wins this week what did I learn what what's for next week and think to myself almost like Eric asking what would what make March Matter would do um what would I say to the group if I if I were to join, what do I feel right now? And I think that has definitely helped me um, as a leader and some of my leadership styles. Of, I, I recognize that it's already changing and it's a very huge impact for me and I really am thankful for it. So thank you, Jennifer, for really setting up this group. Yes, I, I don't know how long we're going to still continue, but I, I, I am very excited for our future as well. So Yes, yes, as we come to the end of our second year. All right, Eric, what about you? What's the question you wish I'd asked you? I should have asked you. Uh, just because I think it's a topic worth talking about. Uh, how do I feel being one of the few guys in the group? Oh, yes, that was a question I meant to ask you. So thanks for oh, yeah. pulling when, it up. When I joined, I, oh, you know, I think Phil was around and he looked quite thankful that I had joined. You know, that's an issue and it's not an issue. It's not something I really think about. Obviously, diversity is a, a good keyword. And I kind of realized that probably this group kind of needs me, you know, just I think some kind of a balance is, yeah. is a thing to have and different perspectives. Uh, but I want to say like, it's been, that's been so great for me. Like I don't, 
have uh, such a community of profession, you know, women who are, you know, working in, in variety of different professions, a variety of different contexts. I have female friends, I have female co-workers and things like that. But this was a different group for me where I don't want to use the word minority, but I, you know, I... I well, you, you are a minority, a minority <laughs> in the group, and yeah, for and, sure. I don't really have a conclusion about that except to say that I don't really think about it. It's not, it's not a big deal. And, uh, but I think it's, it's quite nice, you know, it's been beneficial to me to have different perspectives, mm. different viewpoints on things that I'm doing. And yeah, I could feel probably I'm bringing in a different perspective as well. So yeah. Yeah. Cause when I look at, you know, the Facebook group stats, I think it, the group is 60, 40, okay. um, in terms of members who are on the, you know, in, in the group, or maybe maybe 70, 30, but it's definitely not reflected um, in active members who uh, post or or who show up to meetings. So I'm I'm wondering um, you know what that what that blocker is to 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 graduate to come to you know to be coming to a meeting, right? Rather than than lurking. Yeah, I I'm I'm really intrigued by this question um because it's sort of the the opposite diversity challenge that um I, we tend to see in Japan. Right, where you know being the only woman in a space is sort of the the more common experience. So uh, something to continue to look at because, as we have shared, it is because people are at different stages of their business. People are in all different industries. People are located in different parts of mostly Japan, but also in the world. Many different cultures represented, and countries, and backgrounds, and perspectives. And I think that's what makes the conversation so rich, as well as just that connection of it's we're all just human there's so many things which are shared right so many of the fears and the dreams and the pain and the joy it just really um is is the connection at the deep human level despite or maybe because of all that diversity all right thank you eric we will do more research on this this issue i think and Catherine o'connell how about you the question i should have asked you I think it's what I'm discovering, right? I mean, what am I discovering now? And especially about Ikigai. And I think um, if I think back, you know, I've talked a little bit about being a lawyer and then also discovering uh, that I have other aspects to me. And I've always thought as a lawyer, it was quite a square shape. And then just a moment, there's someone at the door. <laughs> Leaving us on uh, oh, reality. <laughs> You know, this reminds me of though, like early early days of MMM, how many times we would have a half-naked uh, George. My son would be always popping in um, <laughs> in the background when the schools were closed. That was always like one of the things I, I love about the group, right? Just very like the doorbell's going, the child is in, you know, Kristen's cats. Yeah. Jane Sebastian. <laughs> yeah, Jane Sebastian, like uh, everybody's pets coming in, so mm. on. But we haven't seen your um, uh, balcony for a while, Eric. Yeah, well, it's cold now. <laughs> we look forward yeah. to the next one. We'll, we'll come back to Catherine's question in a minute. But Eric, you look like you had something to say. Yeah, I just had a thought that you know, it, this conversation makes me realize something unique about this group is that it's the meetings itself, the online meetings, but the meetings that are the, at the forefront of this group, as opposed to a lot of other groups, which I think start like from a facebook group and it's sort of texting as the main and then let's have a let's have a zoom party every now and then where i think for us it's first of all it's daytime you know we don't have a zoom party with drinks you know this is yeah. a it's a monday morning it's a friday afternoon it's more like a you know a weekly meeting and a weekly wrap-up meeting 
And because of the the main element are these online meetings, I think that's created a different community than most. Yeah, I think it's one of those like uh, Moggy, uh, Ken Moggy talks about five pillars of Ikigai and one of them is start small. And I was just like, I, I don't want it to be like a big song and dance. And I also don't want it to be something which is like getting into other parts of my life. So I really did make the group at the time that was convenient for me. I didn't do any market research. I just went, when can I show up? And if you build it, they will come or maybe they won't. But I also held it very lightly, which is another pillar of Ikigai from Moggy's perspective too, which is just to release yourself. And if people come, it'll be great. You know, if one person comes, it's enough. If no one comes, like there's been sometimes, you know, I've sat there and I've gone, okay, I'll just do my plan on my own for the, um, have my pause. Um, And then someone's always kind of dropped in. So uh, there you go. Catherine, did you get an interesting delivery? I did. I got three packages from uh, New Zealand that I sent back. They said it would take four weeks and it's only less than one. I have no idea what happened. It must have been on the same flight that I came back on. Yes. Awesome. Oh, so God. thank you. That was a very important uh, stop, pause <laughs> in the in the recording of the podcast to go and grab those bags. Well, we carried on. We just chatted thank whilst you, you left. <laughs> we just thank <laughs> Thanks so much. So what I was saying is that as a lawyer, I often see myself as a square. And as I, that's sort of in private practice. And then as I moved into being a business focused lawyer, working inside businesses as in-house legal counsel, I kind of found I was a bit of a round shape. But then I've been realizing over this last few years, working with you on MMM in the group and and expanding into the podcast that I'm really more, I'm going to use another shape, like hexagonal. (laughs) I was going to say hexagonal, octagonal, dodecahedron. Yeah, I was thinking it was one or the other, but actually there's so many different facets and sides uh, to me now. And I think that's what I'm discovering is that I'm unlocking the fact that there are many things that we do and it's not only one. And that's Mm. my, the ikigai is that inner wisdom for myself, knowing that I'm not just one certain thing or two certain things, that there are many different things that I can offer. And I didn't know about that. So I'm looking forward to that next stage of unfolding and discovering more of those sides. And, you know, the the jigsaw that comes together within that. So I've got this actual visual. So I'm going to try and draw it um, and show what it looks like in a sort of visual format. But that's what's helped me. And I think, to be really honest, MMM was so significant in that because I didn't realize those possibilities were there. Uh, they were always very technical, technically based or uh, contributing to sort of um, chambers of commerce in a very uh, concrete kind of way. And this is a little bit more of a, a softer, a yet still very positive and concrete in a different way aspect to myself. So I'm, I'm, that's what I'm discovering. And I wanted to share that because uh, with you and with Marty and with Eric and with MMM and, and the team, it sort of felt like that's what's emerged from all of this. Wonderful. And I've just reminded myself of a question which I, I wish I'd asked myself um, on this when you said, like, what's emerging? One of the biggest learnings that I've had through this whole um, experience is I changed massively my story that I can't do something consistently. I had this big thing that, like, I just show up for a little bit and then it's like next shiny object and then I move on. I'm like, looking, you know, as we're coming to uh, our two-year anniversary, it's like, shit, I've, like, made this thing and shown up and been there for two years, twice a week, like, not 
I, of course, if I can't come to a meeting from something else, but like that, that's a good level of integrity and consistency. So thankful to the experience to like shift my story on that massively about what might be possible. And I think that for, for other people who have like shown up to meetings and done this, it's like, oh, actually, yeah, I, I do do a weekly review and I do plan my week and I do show up for other people. And it's quite interesting how these types of experiences with community can get you to tell new stories about yourself and uh, discover new things. So unfortunately, though, we are to the end of our time. I know that you are very, very busy. Um, So I really want to thank you all for sharing your experiences, um, for being members of Make March Matter and continuing to, you know, cheer on the group and to support the members wherever you are in your own life right now. And to just leave the message to um, all of our listeners to say, you know, community can be an amazing source of ikigai. And um, yeah, all those nods are happening. (laughs) Um, Community can be like an amazing source of ikigai. And it's not actually just about what you gain from it. But just by you being there, you are having such an amazing impact in other people's lives. And that's for, you know, every single person who's on this call, as well as all of the members of Make March Matter and any other community, like we're even just showing up, um, you know, in your family, right? You influence the system, showing up in your workplace, you influence the system. So just like remember that, that you matter and, you know, the, the world needs you and you need to be here. So um, for me, that's the, the essence of Ikigai is like, do I still want to wake up tomorrow? Is there someone who needs me? And in like the darkest days of early COVID, I was like, MMM needs me. So I'm going to get out of bed Monday morning, 8.30 and show up. So it really, really helped like my mental health. Like no one knows. Well, I hope you know. It really helped me to just keep putting one foot in front of the other. I, I actually don't know what would have happened if but this group wasn't there. So that's a, a big a big win for me so any final messages mary eric catherine you just said it making us matter and i think make march matter made its members matter so that's my final word thank you so much for what you've done and i look forward to continuing and sharing and celebrating the second anniversary thanks jennifer thank you mary Uh, Thank you. Yes, Catherine said it all, like March Matter really helped us matter. So thank you very much, Jennifer. And thank you very much for inviting me today. It's really, um, again, as a person who works at a one of the big evil companies out there. <laughs> I'm grateful to big evil companies for all my clients. <laughs> but again, jokes aside, um, but, but again, it, it's, it's been very, very nice to connect with people and um, yes, be, being involved and contributing to society. So thank you very much. Thank you. And finally, Eric. Yeah, I'll finish with a big thank you as well, Jennifer, for making this community and all the members. Obviously, we have some members here, lots of members who did not join this podcast, whose uh, voices hopefully uh, were expressed through this. So no, I'll finish with a big thanks for this experience. It was great. Wonderful. Well, thank you, everyone, for making it to the end of this podcast as well. And just wishing you all the best with your community and Ikigai connections. I'm excited to listen to this recording and see what amazing gems are coming out. Thank you so much, everyone. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye.
Thank you so much for listening today. I really hope that you found something you could take away from the episode to help you find your own Ikigai and integrate it into your daily life. And I'd love to hear exactly what resonated with you. So pop over to see me on LinkedIn or on my Facebook page. You can find the links in the show notes below. And let me know what you thought was the most important takeaway from the podcast today. And sharing is caring. So feel free to share this episode with one of your friends who you think could benefit from hearing about living a life of purpose. Looking forward to see you on the next episode of Ikigai with Jennifer Shinkai.